guys in pods back. Uh, Shay's chugging on the, the remnants of his Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, and uh, I think we're good to go. When you want it done your way, Dunkin' your way. I don't know. That's not <laughs> that's not there at all. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I was like, your high life one a few weeks ago was like really on point. That one was. You were thinking that was pre concussion. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that was a concussion rad read. Anyway, this is the uh, Shay on the line again, um, as as per usual. Um, Fueled by Duncan. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Yeah, well, the dregs <laughs> of the ice that's in your end container at this point. But yeah, I'm fueled by the Strongs, the ice coffee Strongs. Just fucking half a liter of coffee flavored milk, which is just destroying guts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad ad read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you drink Strongs, move to Pepto Bismol. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's your chaser right there. Um, oh God! <laughs> anyway, we're at, it's, a, it's the soccer edition of this sports gasmic pod coming up here, so we'll move on from ice coffee and bowel movements to uh, <laughs> to the best footy team in the world. Um, Speaking which, of bowel movements, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, you said uh, you said it off air, so that's why I was bringing it up because it's it, for me it's just bias, but I'm objective enough to say when we're not the best team in the world but i think we are one of them at the moment um some of the rankings uh you know the power rankings of european teams have got us number one at the moment as well which is a new thing so it is bizarre you guys are i I think unequivocally the best team in the world at the moment not to say that that means you guys are going to win champions league or anything like that Mm. but um they just look to be the best best side i've seen all year yeah, um, and it's not to say that the game against City wasn't. Uh, City had more shots, and and um, you know we're we're actually we're just as good and, and and better at plenty of moments in the game the other day. It's just uh, it's taking chances and uh, and uh, you know, it's just it's just the way football goes. And uh, ironically, like I think the game against City last year, we we lost our one game for the season. We were by far the better team um, statistically in that game and everything like that. Expected goals, I think we had three and a half, and City's was like one and a bit, and they. They got two, so whereas we only got one, so expected goals is an, is an odd stat. But you know, statistically, that game we were a lot better. But this game, City probably felt like they could have got more out of it. But we we scored three of ours, and they only got one of theirs, and that's the story of the tape. So you know, um, there's a bit of controversy in the game, which we'll get to. But um, you know, you can only I don't. It's actually <laughs> there's a lot less controversy once you like well, the Premier League's actually for once stated their rules very clearly um and i can i can respect it um i think it's it's, i think it's more just the inconsistency of var that's made it made it seem so controversial because people just don't know anymore because they they have been called in other games but um yeah that aside we'll get to that um (laughs) (laughs) it was a great you know it was a gritty liverpool liverpool had to play on the counter a bit because city really did come out and i think that was I think that was Pep really wanted to just go hammer and kind of out Liverpool, Liverpool, you know, press hard. Like there was a lot of times when the like Liverpool would had the ball back to the keeper, and it's, it's the benefit of having a keeper who's so who's so assured with his feet, um, and then having some and guys like Virgil and just a lot of good like the way Liverpool play out from the back. They're very assured at their feet and they don't panic. Um, but you know the the Man City front line was pressing the pressing right on right up on the keeper when he re- received the ball back and he had to get rid of it quickly. So they were really doing what <coughs> we we tried to do to teams and we were doing it to them too. You know we're making Bravo 
Bravo cleared it into touch multiple times because he just had to rush rush his touch and and that's you know that's what you're trying to do is rush them into mistakes that get you possession back of the ball. But um, you know they, they were doing it to us, so it was very much um, you know the two best teams that going at it, and that and that's what it's good. You know it's good when teams are like punt, you know testing each other, feeling each other, getting getting a few punches in, and then and then you get your, your real punches like Fabinho's six minute rocket that was like one of the one of the genuinely great outside of the, I think it's the first outside yeah of, might be the first it goal was a scorcher yeah first goal we scored from outside of the box this season possibly too um which just shows how we often play is that we really like Liverpool are very very adept at moving the ball into the box and um opening up um you know great goal scoring opportunities but sometimes in a big game you just need someone to step up and and take that chance from outside of the box and Fabinho so he got the space certainly and was able to he, he took a touch and was able to open it up and to get a good shot with his right foot and it wasn't a curler or anything. It was just a straight stonking, you know, just so hard, yeah. hard hit shot that it stayed straight and um, hit. And there was a perfectly placed camera behind the goal where it, yeah. the ball hit the camera essentially and just, and just really emphasized. And there was a, and because there was a camp, the microphone right there, just the sound of it hitting the back of the net was everything about that goal was great. Apart from the fact that there was a, a VAR check going on at the same time and, you know, yeah, you see, Klopp usually is very animated when we score, but he actually just turned, he kind of saw the goal going in, he turned around and started talking to the, the fourth official straight away because he just didn't know if it was going to get. Well, was it was on. a bit confusing, and it did seem like it could have gotten called off, especially after they scored. I, I think the celebration was limited because yeah, yeah, nobody for, really knew, and it did because that I think that it was a call that has been called a penalty before. You mm. know, VAR so inconsistent that I mean, who really knows, but. Credit to Liverpool, Liverpool for keep keeping playing, and um, yeah, play the you know, whistle. That's what a good team does. They take advantage of the mistakes of the other team and of the reps or whatever, if you want to call that a mistake or whatever. But they kept playing, and you know, City did not. Aguero, I think, the whole way was yelling at the rep all the way back down the pitch while Liverpool. Well, I'm not ninety nine percent sure that after it hits Alexander Arnold's arm, it kind of falls to Aguero. And it, it, uh, he, yeah. he could have hit it, but instead he starts screaming at handball straight away. I'm like, dude. You're talented enough that you could make a chance out of that, but you didn't. So, um, yeah, yeah. There's, we can talk about that for a minute. Um, two things. The the Premier League came out and said basically that, and there was a ruling, there's something they said at the start of the year, which goes against what the handball rule got changed to a little bit, but maybe the Premier League's, the Premier, each league is, is, is right to say what they feel their ruling on handball is. And in June, the Premier League official, whoever his name is, basically said that, They'll be ruling handballs based on what they feel is natural movement. Natural movement. If they feel that if it's hit the arm while it's in a natural movement, because as McManam and Steve McManam and a few of um, Owen Hargreaves that were on the post match in my uh, former Liverpool player, Owen Hargreaves, none of not a former <laughs> Liverpool player, but they <laughs> I know. they all basically said that they all basically said we're not mannequins. We can't always move with our hands behind our back because that's not natural. You can't move properly. So he said your natural movement will be arms flailing from side to side at times and. He basically, um, and what the Premier League said was like they deemed that his arms were moving, like he was moving sideways, which means your arms kind of trailing a little bit. And the other thing they said was that it actually hit Bernardo Silva's arm on the way through to, so if VAR had had been called into it, they would have. And the rule with attacking play, and Liverpool had a goal ruled out against United for this exact thing, is if it hits the arm in the build-up of an attacking move, it's automatically ruled out because it's it's, it's advantageous, you know, and Mane... um, when he scored against United, had it ruled out legitimately. I had no problem with that mm. one either. 
I was a bit annoyed at United's opener not being called back for a foul. But in that instance with Mane that, in that game, I was like, yeah, he hit his arm in the build-up. Rule it out. Um, so that's that's the thing that's been lost in the lost in the tape of everyone saying, oh, Alexander-Arnold had handballed it. Was it, it hit Silva's arm in the right before it hit Alexander-Arnold's arm. And if VR had been used correctly in that instance, if it had been called into action, it should have ruled it out anyway. So not called a handball on Alexander-Arnold because it would have been handball on Silva first. So, yeah. Certainly a gray area, which... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's going to be my new it drinking game. It didn't seem all pod. that different from the Tottenham one in the Champions League, but uh, it I don't know. It's well, a 50-50 call, and I don't really... Like, I'm not... Yeah. It doesn't... Well, in the, in the same whatever. telecast, well, Michael Owen and, and uh, um, McManaman both kind of said they were like, if they'd called it at the time, we probably wouldn't have complained too much, but we can see why they didn't call it. We can see why they would they could have called it because... And they were saying we can see it's 50-50 mainly because they just don't know what... The, you know, it's been so inconsistently used this, utilised, but um, I think they were kind of saying basically it's not as big... At, like, you know, a lot of people... The the the, uh, the, um, the virgins with no other time and the, there was too much time on their hands on Twitter were just saying how... Some some there was a there's a there's a big part of Man City Twitter who gen, and anti Liverpool Twitter who genuinely think that the the FA wants Liverpool to win the Premier League so they're not there there's all these conspiracy theories I'm like well just look at the United game and you can see why it's not because you know there was Liverpool had a goal ruled for them uh, ruled against them for United that you know if VAR was a conspiracy using thing, they could have would have ruled it out, and then they had the money one as well. So it's just, it's just inconsistent use of it. Everyone's benefiting from it at times, and everyone's getting screwed by it at times. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and as uh, I think Pep said, once he calmed down, I think he kind of said that, hey, we need to be better too. Like City, you know, if they don't, they don't get the penalty there. They've still got. Uh, 85 minutes of a game to go but they went yeah. down, they went down the other end straight away didn't Fabinho had a ton of time to take that shot like that's just bad defending um in the sense mm. of not closing down a closing down a player on that's you know 20 yards out from the box looking like he's going to take a shot um you know the Salah goal he was onside for that one I don't know that one that's another one that I can't understand why people are having a massive whinge about um <laughs> that was again bad defending um mm. and it was very good play by Liverpool too you know Alexander's Arnold like crossfield pass to Robertson, who then crossed it back into the box. It's just a nice move. And then um, Henderson's cross for the third goal is actually just one of the best crosses you could, you could execute from the byline there. Like to get a cross in when it's just about to go over the byline and get it just so perfectly weighted that it the keeper can't get to it, um, but Mane's able to just head it in from about a yard out. It's just that's you know quite underrated. And you know Henderson gets a lot of stick from Liverpool fans, but there's a lot of things he does well and. Um, and that cross was, you know, a world class cross. So you know they scored mm. three. They scored three, um, and you know, for all this play that City had, they didn't open up. They didn't get a lot of good chances. So, you know, that's on that's on them too. You know, they've got to be better at um, breaking down a team that Liverpool haven't been super defensively sound this year. So you know, there's always chances against us. But strangely, they had a lot of the ball and were putting a lot of crosses in, but they didn't get a lot of actually good golden chances. So, yeah. I just think Liverpool did everything that you would expect a great team to do. They took advantage of mistakes. Um, they didn't let a lead slip at all. They they buried the team. They and they showed they showed up. More more importantly, this is the biggest game of their season so far. You can say all the Champions League stuff you want, or the FA Cup stuff, or the Carabao Cup stuff, but 
This was the biggest game of their season. Mm-hmm. We all knew that, that these two teams, if City was going to make it a title race, City needed six points in these two matches, if not at least four. So now it just seems like, I mean, nine points is a huge gap to, to fill now, especially with only one match left. And Liverpool, in, I mean, Liverpool is just straight up better than City. It's not even. It didn't even look close out there mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and yeah, City, I think they've got a few, uh, whether it's um, their, their team, they're struggling with a few injuries, but um, I'm not going to give them that excuse either because we are as well. Salah's, I know you are. <laughs> Salah's got a walking boot on at the moment at Egypt training. It hasn't been the same. Since. Well, he looked fine on Sunday. <laughs> no, he's he's struggling. Um, he's not the same. Like he, you know, he, he might be 80%. He was 80% on Sunday maybe, but he's he's, he's getting fluid drained from his ankle every week. And um and he's getting rested here and there and so <clears throat> he's at least on the field but you know we're obviously missing at at Joel Matip who came in last year and actually established himself as his the number one partner alongside Van Dyke he's out and we had Dayan Lovren in in playing who made a terrific stop on um on Sterling he kind of went down too early and just laid down in front of Sterling and yeah. then flicked the leg up and. Um, you know, you're either going to get world class love run or you're going to get a love run that's going to concede, <laughs> concede six on his own. It's just he's he's very hot and cold, but he's a great he's a great teammate. He's he's Salah's best mate at Liverpool, which is a not one I would have expected, but they're they're really good mates and just you know there was there was a lot of a lot of guys coming in um, doing their job. You know, and, and like I said, injuries. Um, people have said, oh, well, City only had the second choice keeper, and all my dudes, we had a second choice keeper in for eight games at the start of the season. Allison's only just come back in. And we got wins over Spurs, um, Arsenal, sorry, Chelsea, um, Leicester as well. Um, and we'll get to the Leicester and Chelsea. We've had some big wins against some big sides with our second choice keeper in. So as much as injuries are a part of, you know, if City had the best squad out there on the day um, and we had their best squad, our best squad out there on the day, you know, but you're never going to have your 100% squad because people are always carrying injuries. Andy Robertson's out of Scotland at the moment because he said he's been carrying an injury through the last month of Liverpool games as well. So... You know, this is just I think really, some of them are just uh, one in actual break. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, that, yeah, there is. <laughs> we can talk about that after as well. We got some international break stuff. That's well, just the Liverpool, Liverpool. City. Oh, I assume we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but to finish off on the game, I don't know. Did you? I mean, you were um, you were in recovery from your Arsenal experience on Saturday. So you don't, unless you have any other thoughts on how the Liverpool City game went. Uh, I was just shocked by it. Um, uh, my, one of my professors asked me on Thursday what I thought was going to happen, and I said two two, and he said that's where the money is. Is that it, it's a the 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 uh, the betting line? I don't know how you bet on soccer, so it's it's kind of like confusing to me. But like he said, the 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 money's on a draw. Right. Yeah. So that's and that's what I thought, and I was like, but don't don't quote me on that. I could see Liverpool really. I. And, but I could have saw I really could have saw anything happening in that match. I thought, um, and uh, I do think City had some chances that, uh, you know, once they started missing their the few chances they had. Um, yeah, that's I, when I was. I okay. did forget about the one that was there. There was that ball across the box that mm-hmm. any other game that Aguero plays in, he um he he'll get that get to that one. He just missed it by like half an inch. Um, and I and thought that, Sterling found some joy on you know. Uh, on his wing, but uh, himself and Alexander Arnold, him, him and Alexander Arnold had a terrific battle because Alexander Arnold was 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 playing well too, and it's just it was just too supremely, you know. Sterling um, is one of the. We'll get to <laughs> some of his other stuff at the moment in the moment, but 
one of the most talented players in the world, and I, I don't have any problem saying that. You know, Liverpool sold him for 50 mil to City the other, uh, a few years ago, and he'd actually sell for more now, which is just credit to him and what he's done at City because um, being City have all the money in the world, um, and Sterling is still one of their key players. So good on him for what he's done, and he's still only 24. He's got a lot more. He can, he can get better, which is scary. Um, but Alexander-Arnold, a young 21-year-old right back who's um, come in and just taking the world by storm at Liverpool. He he stood up to him. It was it was like watching two two uh you know watching a cornerback against you know wide receiver like they they kind of battle out they have their own little battle going and every time they went together, you know, sometimes Sterling would get some joy. Alexander Arnold would get 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 it off him at other times. It was just a good little battle there. They neither one lost, neither one won. Well, you could say at the end Sterling Sterling lost his mind a little bit at the end. Um I'll put it <laughs> that way. Yeah, I think he got frustrated, but Yeah. Yeah, it was just a good battle. It's just Liverpool is just a little bit better everywhere than it seems like every team they play. So I think they're Liverpool, just doing the little things that it takes and they're winning each individual matchup just by a little bit. And when everybody does that, then you, you know, you're not going to lose. Yeah. So. And I'll put a theory out to you now too. Do you think, um, I think Pep is actually a little bit annoyed at how Liverpool, <laughs> he, he said it last year. He said, you know, Liverpool going into the Champions League final had the big win over Barcelona and, um and City had just won the domestic treble and but everyone was still talking about Liverpool more and Pep started you know coming out in the press and saying oh you know our, our domestic treble is more more um, impressive than Liverpool's Champions League and yada 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 and it's not like Liverpool themselves are saying anything they were just doing their own thing but Pep was really starting to bite back in the press. Um, Bleacher Report have made a bit of fun of it with their Champions cartoon last week where there was like a Liverpool. A Liverpool, a Liverpool party at the Champions House. If anyone hasn't watched the Champions on Bleacher Report, it's a quite funny car- satirical cartoon based on all the Champions League teams living in one house. Um, yeah. So there was a Liverpool party was going on, and um, and yeah, they get they get the invite for it, and Pep's like, "Oh, we've got an invite to the Liverpool party," and and you know he's like, "Oh, we we must go, Raz," and so Raheem and Raheem's like, "You mean we have to go to the insufferable Liverpool Wankfest?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the whole party is like Liverpool, like they're to- doing speeches, and there's a great joke. Klopp's like looks at Barcelona sitting at the mid table in the middle of the room, and he's like, "Sorry, sorry, Barcelona, you could only get a table in the middle because the corners were taken too quickly." <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. Anyway, the whole the, the five the five minute cartoon is basically Liverpool continually having this like all these speeches. Gerard comes up, you know, Robbie Fowler comes up and goes, "My thirty eighth moment in Liverpool history," and. <laughs> and finally, at the end of the party, like, because Pep's like, no, we've got to stay, we've got to stay, we've got to be bigger than them. And at the end of the party, like, you know, Klopp goes, ah, oh, now I'm going to take a drink out of the Premier- the Champions League trophy. And Pep finally loses his mind and goes, ah, fuck you, I'm going to drink out of the Ch- Premier League trophy. And at the end of the cartoon, Klopp goes, oh, he's 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 he's, he's so insane. You know, he's just giving him shit for not being a bad sport. And I think that whole thing has crept into the last six months of the Liverpool Man City rivalry is that there's. Pep's got a little bit of a chip in his shoulder about how Liverpool are treated in the press. I don't think I don't think Pep's quite understood that Man City really is a new thing. Like fifteen years right. ago, fifteen years ago, they were in the third division. He doesn't. I think he's struggling with the. And he's a great manager and a great. He's obviously an incredibly smart guy. I don't think he's actually. I just think there. But is he's a, a dick. Yeah. Like that's the bottom line. That's yeah. the undercurrent of all of this. Of course he's jealous. Of course he's envious of Liverpool getting all the attention. They're a bigger club in England. Yeah. Everybody knows this. Nobody's surprised by it. But he doesn't. You know, I don't. He's just a baby. So yeah. of course he's mad about it. But 
he's wrong. I mean, that's like, yeah. of course, Liverpool winning the league would be a big deal. They've, who even remembers Man City from before 10 years ago, you know? No, no one does. The, the, the biggest thing Man City did 10 years ago was buy, um, you know, remember when they first got their owners and they bought Rubinho or whatever his name was for 32 mil and broke the transfer record. I was like, oh, they've got money now. I was like, you know, we never saw this coming, but. They were still the noisy neighbor back yeah. then, though. So, like, and they're arguably still a noisy neighbor now. Like, you know, United still steal as much of the headlines there because of them just being a bigger club in in Manchester. Um, and as I'm not trying to be like City on their on field exploits have been unreal. Like the 198 points over the last two seasons, um, we're getting like we've always said, you know, just taking away how it was built, just the on field product, um, what they've done has been unreal. But uh, yeah, they're. they're uh, I do think that Pep has this chip on his shoulder about Liverpool getting the attention they do, and it, and I think it that's why he came out so gung. The team he put out in the field to attack Liverpool the other day was, I think he was trying to do what Liverpool did to them in that Champions League quarterfinal two years ago, where Liverpool came out and took a three 0 lead. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, within half an hour, and I think Pep wanted to do the same thing back. And you know, it, it, it could have worked if they'd got, gotten one of those chances in the first five six minutes before. We scored out and we just, like, you know, that first goal was just a great goal. And, cha- you know, scoring a first goal in a game like that, it can be quite important. Um, and, you know, I think that's just what Pep was trying to do and it, and it didn't work. He, he gambled and it failed. And I think that's what made him more angry when he was losing his mind at the end of the game. Yeah, I just think that that match a couple of years ago when um, Liverpool beat City in the Champions League quarter or uh, semis. That I think that was, it was kind the of the beginning. That quarters, yeah. okay. Uh, it was the beginning of the end for City. I know they won a treble last year, but I think it was just. I still think it was considered a disappointment because of how poorly they played in the Champions League. I mean, they've won everything that they can in England. Um, that all they care about anymore is the Champions League, and I think that loss <laughs> to Liverpool kind of really disoriented them and. And then they They're had an still even... trying to get back on track, you know, whatever domestic trouble, you know, that's fine. But <laughs> they won a Champions League and until they get it, the, I think it's going to feel like a failure. Yeah, yeah. No, it is, um, it is, it is an interesting side note to it all is that the, the Pep and, you know, Pep and Klopp have obviously got the rivalry they do that has come from yeah. other, other leagues as well. But um, back to the on-field rivalries, uh, the... the we talked about Sterling and uh, Alexander-Arnold having a great battle throughout the game. And I think that boiled over into Joe Gomez had only just entered the field of play like five minutes before he came on as a, you know, a fresh legs defensive substitute. And they actually put they put Gomez at right back and um, played Alexander-Arnold up the wing a little bit more. Um, and so Gomez essentially took Alexander-Arnold's spot. But obviously Raheem Sterling would be battling with Alexander-Arnold the entire game. And... Took his frustrations out on, <laughs> took his frustrations out on Gomez and gave him a little shove in the back. And Gomez being literally double the size of Sterling, not literally, <laughs> <but> <laughs> kind of just turned around and like gave him a shove back and half picked him up. And mm-hmm. uh, they they had a little bit. There was a little bit of handbags, ten paces there, and then um, Milner came in, and I think Gabriel Jesus came in. They kind of just pushed it, pushed them aside, and Gomez kind of just had a little chuckle, and that was it. And apparently they hugged after the match, and everything was fine. But then come to the England team meeting up literally the next day, which just sounds like a terrible idea after a match like that with so many England teammates going head-to-head. Terrible um, idea. Gomez apparently walks into the wherever they're meeting up and goes to shake Sterling's hand, and Sterling turns around and grabs him by the neck. Um, mm-hmm. 
and England teammates at first think it's a joke and then realize quickly it's not because Gomez uh, Sterling continues to grab him by the neck and there's mm-hmm. a photo photos come out of um, Gomez in training with a scratch over his eye. So that's uh, so it might have been a bit more serious than even I thought when I first read it. I just thought it was another you know hands grabbing, but yeah, it sounds like they had to get broken up and Gomez was shocked. He was just like, you know, what the fuck? And apparently Sterling it sounds really just stewed on stewed on this this moment in the game and his frustrations for 24 hours. And then when Gomez turned up, he just lost his mind. Well, he had to deal with, I'm sure he had to deal with catching shit on Twitter, which, yeah. you know, young people, you know, they don't deal with that very well. He probably saw a video of what happened and was mad about that. Um, can't really blame him um, or anybody in the situation, except the fact that England is meeting a day after the biggest match in the EPL. So, yeah. Really, just Southgate's fault, probably. Well, is it South? It's not even Southgate's fault. It's like it's um just, the fact that they yeah. have that their international obligation is they've got to meet up like a day after that match. So um, stupid. Yeah, um, I uh, you know Southgate said he said you know we try to we try to keep uh, the uh, the club stuff aside and we've got a good culture here. Unfortunately, it just boiled over because it was one of the biggest matches in um, in the domestic season over the last few years. The, the rivalry. Rivalry isn't historic, but it's built big based on the fact that just the two best teams in England over the, the biggest last, one right now yeah. in the EPL for the past two seasons. Yeah, so. competitively, it's there's no rivalry that comes close to it because um, they're just both on such an even. You know, the fact that they combined for 98, and 97 points respectively last year. Um, you know, they're they're playing at such a high level uh, that that this thing, this stuff will boil over. Didn't think it was going to boil over like that. Like that isn't unprecedented to me. Like just to have. You've always heard of clashes in, tra- in training based on, you know, maybe the, it's competitive stuff in training, but this is like a, a club thing boiling over to them. Um, and then, yeah, Gomez having a visible scratch on his face. <laughs> yeah, unreal. Um, and these things happen even in, like, you know, professional yeah. NBA locker rooms and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's not shocking that it happened. And what comes to mind is just international soccer is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe they need to think about these international breaks. Like, I I can imagine that the schedule makers put this one in particular at this point because they were like, then we have two weeks of news to talk about on the club front because we can stretch out the whatever happens in this Man City Liverpool game for a couple of weeks um, because there won't be another club match for a couple of weeks. But so I think there is some deliberate notion in that. But yeah, maybe they just need to meet up, like give it a couple of days or something. But then they've got to play Montenegro like tomorrow or whatever. So. Which Raheem, yeah, I think they probably could have done that without yeah. training the day after that match. Yeah, which Raheem Sterling is not in that match because of that. He's actually been stood down for the match, which is, um, yeah, quite, you know, it's a just one, a qualifier against Montenegro. It's not not to demean Montenegro at all, but I'm sure, um, and, you know, England do struggle in some of these matches sometimes, but it's not the biggest match for Sterling to miss, but it's still a big, uh, big move to say, hey, Raz, you got to sit down for a match because you can't do that. Um, and he's come out, I think I haven't actually read it yet, I just saw a, a notification saying he did come out and say, you know, I, I let my emotions get the better, better of me. So he's admitted to, essentially admitted to it. Um, and I'm not, I've had things to say about Sterling at different times over the years, but I think he's a, I think he does a lot for uh, pr- um, not promoting, um, uh, enlightening us to the race racism problem in football. Um, he's very outspoken on that. Um, I think there's a lot of xenoph- unfair xenophobia from the English media against him based on just, the fact, mm-hmm. the fact he's a he's a black man that's got tattoos um he gets a lot of shit for that stuff and so i, I do defend him a lot um 
you know, I, I do think he's a little bit of a he's a brat on the field and a little bit of a does like does like to whine and bitch, but you know, all of our teams have guys like that. So um, I'm not gonna not gonna per- vilify him personally, but I think he he certainly did let. I love that I love that Liverpool won the match and then caused him to lose his shit so much that now he's missing out on an international cap as well. It is a nice feeling. I'm sure you do. Yeah, it, it, you know, I just like, I like that he stood up for himself in the English soccer room. You know, I think that was cool. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I th- like. I mean, if Gomez if, if Gomez had come in and said, "Oh, oh, uh, little man" or something like that, Gomez just came in to shake his hand and say, "You know, all's good, mate." Like, you know, he's trying to be the bigger man, but which he is. Um, but <laughs> easy to be the bigger man after you won. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, it didn't happen when we lost to them. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> um, we mentioned, anyway, it was great to see. Um, so, yeah, the table as it currently stands, Liverpool are top um, with 34 points. And then Leicester, so City are in fourth at the, going into the international break, which is not something we would have expected. They're only, they're only behind second and third by a point because Leicester is um, second with goal differences, that is, the second best goal difference in the league at the moment because in virtue of a 9-0 win, but still their goal difference is actually really good. Um, they're uh, they're uh, second, eight points behind Liverpool and Chelsea are equal second, just in third based on goal difference. So we've got to give some love to, uh, not love, where we don't have to love, but we've got to give some, put some respect on what Leicester and Chelsea, Chelsea is a team in particular at the start of the season. We can talk about them first, that we, we were both, worried about we didn't know where Lampard would go as manager and certainly Chelsea having a transfer ban and all that, those things we just you kind of naturally assume with those things in mind with Lampard being a young manager coming in transfer ban they can't buy in they, they got had the players that were coming in already but they've performed probably a lot better than we were expecting absolutely it's a young squad it's um, a lot of fresh faces so you obviously we didn't know what was going to happen but a lot of people hungry for playing time and um, Pulisic is one of them, and I mean he's put he's putting together a season where I th- I think we uh, that's kind of caught us all by surprise. I think we both didn't think he would have this kind of impact so far. Yeah, well, even in the start of the year, he was um, struggling to get into the side probably for the first month, um, and there was some questions being asked about that, like why he can and that and Chelsea was struggling a little bit too at the start. Um, they yeah, they to, got smacked <coughs> by United right away, right? Yeah, so. yeah, and how 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 they. How the turntables have turned. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and so he was struggling to get in the side and people were wondering why he couldn't get into a side that weren't playing that well. But as this happened, he's coming to the side a bit more. He's got a hat trick. He's um, providing assists. And and and, the, and Chelsea's fortunes themselves have improved. Um, so, yeah, no, for American football fans and, and certainly Pulisic fans and Chelsea fans, it's great to see for them. Um, it's just a yeah Lampard's done a number there and I mean he's, he obviously had the talent it just took him a little bit to catch on but now that he has um, you know they're easily a top four team probably going to make it into the knockout round of the Champions League despite a tough group I mean they came back from that 4-1 deficit at Ajax I mean a ta- a, that's a talented team obviously that can do that mm-hmm. so it's just really frustrating as an Arsenal fan knowing like they could have brought in a player like Arteta who could have had a similar effect on the club like a former player like Lampard does on Chelsea. But yeah. They, compl- yeah. they completely whiffed. Maybe, so. maybe, that'll, <laughs> maybe that'll happen still. But I mean, hopefully, <laughs> but I have no faith in the front office to do anything. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, Tammy Abraham's the other one that's really big. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are impressing with Chelsea at the moment, but the young striker they've brought in, I think he's got nine or ten mm. goals already. Um, mm. hat trick in there and a huge dude. Like he's a really like, <laughs> but he's good with his feet. Um, obviously a big body in the box, so he can he could do it all. But um, certainly not a player that was on my radar coming into the season. But he's he's certainly like front and center of the Premier League now. Is he's goal scoring? He's just he's scoring goals, and that's what that's what you he's. He's there to score goals, um, but he's he's providing link-up play at the front too. So it's just the few Chelsea games I've I've watched. Both um, obviously they've played Liverpool, but I've just caught a couple here and there because you know I just like to watch football whenever I get the chance. Um, you know he's he's been one that's really caught my eye as just you know one one to watch because he's he's so young too. Like um, mm. he's one for the future. If he's I think he's had a couple of niggling injuries this year, but they haven't been anything major. So it's probably just you know growing growing body and young young striker. Sometimes they. They get those little niggles as they as, well, as they're still building up their strength, but yeah, he's a uh, one to watch. And you know, if you're a, not a Chelsea fan, and particularly like I'm always looking forward to rival teams having a, a drastic downfall. I was thinking Chelsea <coughs> be well one of the teams that would be fun to laugh at this year, but no, they've been genuinely good. Um, and luckily United have, have have provided that for me and Tottenham as well. So and Arsenal. So yeah, we <laughs> I haven't uh, been laughing at Arsenal that much because we kind of wondered where yeah. this all was going to go from that group of four teams that were basically going to be competing for two spots, but now it turns out to be one spot because Leicester has been so good and they don't look like they're going anywhere. They I mean, they're a formidable side that that knows what it I mean, at least some of them know what it takes to win the the uh EPL, which is shocking for a Leicester side, but that whole season was. So I don't think they're going anywhere, so <laughs> the top four seems kind of set right now. I mean, Arsenal's in sixth place, staring down an eight-point, I think, an eight-point gap between yeah. fourth and them. So with yeah. Sheffield United above them. <laughs> so Yeah, another team having a really good year. And, um, yeah, Liverpool had a close win against them too. And there's a lot of a lot of those teams that um, when you look at Sheffield United, you're thinking, oh, yeah, no, they're... It should be an easy win, and when you don't beat them by much, it's like, oh, maybe we should have. But they're they're defensively sound, and they can and they can provide problems on the break. And so they're just feisty; they don't give up. They're just making the most of being up in the Premier League. Yeah, um, but yeah, back to Leicester. Uh, obviously, you no, know, I said to you on text. I said we've got to talk about him because the lot, the year that they won the title, like this point of the year, they you know they were up there, and people weren't thinking about them even when they were top at Christmas. It was like still like oh yeah whatever, um, but we've seen them win the title now. We've seen that surprise happen. They're up in second now. Um, you've got to talk about them being in title race as much as City are at the moment because um, they they are in title race. They're in they're in second, and and teams, you know, we we can shake our head and say oh well not really, but while they're there, we've got to give them the respect because. We didn't didn't last time, and that was to most of our detriment because they ended up winning the title. So um, I wish I, I wish I'd given them more respect last time because I would have made some money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the, the, the football world being, is sli- yeah, the slightly difference being Liverpool. I and, mean, and City to an extent because I think City can go on a run like they did last year again. So I just don't see Liverpool dropping nine points this entire season. So. I there's just I don't think there really is a title race. Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's over. Oh, you can't you can't say it's over in November. No, there's been that many years. I'm like, doing it tomorrow yeah. on air <laughs> in class. I'm doing a soccer segment. Well, I'll leave, the, I'll, leave, I'll leave that one to you and hope that the reverse jinx doesn't come back on me because I had people tell me the same thing last season, um, and obviously it didn't work out. 
you know, I remember Newcastle back in the late 90s had like a 12-point lead in January and let that slip. So, you know, anything can happen in football, you know. Sal, you know, you could, Yeah. Look, Salah's ankle could provide more problems than he could end up being out for a couple of months. The infrastructure, though, is there for Liverpool to withstand that. No, Nine points is a lot to drop. Yeah, but then you've, you've still got to play City once. If they get the win at home, that's six points. You've still got to play all your Uniteds, Chelsea's, Leicester's again. Like All those teams could at least take one point from you. That's what happened last year. We had a seven-point lead, but then we drew against Leicester, drew against West Ham, Everton, and United. So we got a point out of each of those games. All it took was four draws against good teams, and City were able to win by points. So that, and that's like the margin. Yes, that's true. But yeah. so I just don't see it happening, but... Look, I, I I hope it doesn't, but I'm not going to call the title race over in November because that's you're just asking for trouble when you're doing that. So, I am, <laughs> and it's trouble that I don't care if I'm stirring it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, bl- I'm gonna blame the concussion on that one. No, I was saying it pre. Well, no, I know, no, no, you have been saying because the match. <laughs> you have been saying it for a while, but you did say it on Sunday when you were when you were concussed. So when the most concussed I was, uh, yeah, but. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Liverpool is going to win the Champions League again because that is really hard to do. Oh, that, back years, I know. I know Madrid did and it. Sometimes but like, that can come down to some, some crazy moments. You know, Liverpool coming back against Barcelona. They Liverpool were genuinely one of the best teams in Europe last year, so they deserve to win it. But it's still, sometimes, sometimes the Champions League is just about a magical night here, and they're getting you through. You know, um, yeah, we could very especially anyway. at Gank. You never know what's going to happen at Gank. Yeah. <laughs> We've already played at Gank. I know. I'm just <laughs> making fun of how bad, how dumb that is that they're in the Champions League. <laughs> we still do have to play at, a, um, you know, uh, fucking... Yep, forgetting the name. Leipzig? So. Huh? Leipzig? No, Belgrade. No, not Belgrade. Whoever has the giant Norwegian. Salzburg? Yeah, Salzburg. Yeah, yeah fucking yeah. Hagerland. Yeah, no, we've still got to play there, and we've still got Napoli to come to Anfield, which I think is the next, next match day, actually. So Napoli just has you guys' number, I feel like. Yeah, I think it's just a, it's, yeah, we we got the win, like we got the win that we needed against them last year. So I don't know. We'll, we'll be, but it was close. Yeah, it was. It was an Allison save away from us not going through from the group, and you know that's often that's often how Champions League winning stories start. You know, the Olympiacos one in two thousand and five. You know, it was a Gerard Banger from eighty five yards. 80, 85th, 85th minute, 80, 25 yards out, not 85 yards out. That would have been really special. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, keeper goals. But, yeah, uh, I'm not going to call the title race over, but, um, yeah, I would. I am. Uh, I just don't see it going any other way, but I've been wrong about everything, especially um, my concussion diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. Um. We can, I guess we can start wrapping it up, but because I got to wake the wife up soon. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, I have to take this concussion to class. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Big big news in women's footy overnight. Those Sam Kerr, um, who's one of the best players in the world, signed for Chelsea last night. So she's finally, um, obviously, NWSL MVP this year and top scorer the last three years. I think I think she's the all time scorer in the league currently. Um. We'll see how that holds up now that she's leaving the league to go to the, go to Europe. But um, yeah, women's footy. Uh, another big thing, actually, I wanted to touch on. I forgot to put it in the run sheet, but the um, the F Football Association Australia um, was the first 
country in the world to announce they're going to give equal pay to both the men's and women's soccer team last year, last week. So, yeah. That's good. Big news. It's definitely anyway. a battle that's being fought in this country. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully that lays the groundwork for it. Hopefully it does because I think um, certainly in Australia, the, the Matildas are um, – I, I went and saw them two nights ago and um, sh- they should have won by more, but they're undoubtedly just a fantastic football team to watch. Um, as far as their on-field exploits go, they're doing a lot more than the men are at the moment. Um, but that shouldn't even be an issue as far as the equal pay goes. It just should be that they're they're representing a, a national team and um, and dedicating a lot of time to it. And you know the 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 way that they and maybe it's just because they are don't have the same exposure as the men. But they the time they give to the fans. You know, we went to the open training on Monday night. I had to leave early to. Get to a family dinner that Andrea stayed behind a little bit more. And I, I, I sent her order in from. The, I sent. I texted her the menu so she could order while she was still getting there. But she got, you know, she got photos and um, autographs from Sam Kerr and Ellie Car- oh, Ellie Carpenter, uh, Haley Rasso, all those girls. And then the the next night uh, after they finished playing the game, the, that all the ladies spent about probably about forty five minutes just wandering around the field, getting photos with fans, um, signing autographs, all that stuff. Like after an international match, you know. It was really cool to see. The stadium was pretty much empty. They're still wandering around and getting a few that are on the fence there, which we were one of them. Um, so a couple of the girls that Andrea's friends with that we were there with got like they gave their jerseys to them, signed them, left a message <laughs> on there. Like it was just really cool to see. So they're both what they're doing on the field as well as what they're doing for the fans. They're um, you know they're really appreciative of fans, and it's really cool to see. So um, and for Sam Kerr, you know she's getting um, she I think she finished fourth or fifth in the women's Ballon d'Or last year. She's had another, mm-hmm. another great year. I don't know. I don't know how the others have gone. Like other girls that have been nominated for the Women's Ballon d'Or have gone this year. I don't know. So I don't know where she'll rank this year, but she'll certainly be up there again. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there's like a rhinoceros breaking into your <laughs> apartment at the moment. Uh, they've been like paving. Uh, whatever. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably a ghost. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sam Kerr going to Chelsea. Um, unfor- obviously, personal allegiances. Um, I wish she could go to Liverpool, but Liverpool's women's team is um. Not great um, at the moment. But I wish she would have gone to Arsenal. Yeah. Who actually yeah. has a good women's <laughs> team. Um, Way better than the men's. But yeah, it's good. Like personal allegiance aside, great signing for... Great for Sam Kerr, great for Australian football, great great for women's football that the Australian women uh, have broken the broken through and got the equal pay, which hopefully will trickle down um, or just start a wave going through. Uh, obviously, the women's US women have been in a high-profile... A case to get there, equal pay, and they, if, there's, mm-hmm. if there's any team in the world that deserves to have the equal pay, oh yeah, as their men, it's you know the U.S. men have been dog shit for since twenty, <laughs> yeah, the twenty fourteen World Cup, um, and the U.S. women have only gone and won two World Cups since that time, so mm-hmm. you know, it shouldn't be, it's not, it's not a, it's not a question of value on the field and whatever, but certainly if you do take that into account, the U.S. women have done so much for football in America and and whatever, so yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, um, and there's a lot of the Aussie women obviously play in the NWSL as well and uh, have a lot of friendships with the US women. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, they can just keep, they, they've started the ball rolling here in, the, here in Australia and hopefully they can put the pressure on over there now and, and to the rest of the associations around the world. You know, women's footy can only get bigger if the, if the support's put behind it and they're, they're talented enough mm-hmm. for it. They deserve it. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the revenue they bring in, I'm like, well, there's 100 years of, of men propping up men, that's why the, the revenue is there. Um, you just need to give the women the support, and the revenue will come. So, yeah, yeah, good on them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you were going to go for an Australian accent there, and then decided against it. 
Concussion is limiting me. <laughs> John... I did John Gruden last pod. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was exhausting enough for a year, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. My brain is collapsing upon itself. <laughs> oh, well, we've got to, yeah, we'll wrap that one up on that note. It was a good, nice to finish up on a good note for once. Um, you know, we all, we're so often talking yeah, about controversial rare. things and whatever, but, you know, we like to give the good news as much as much airtime as we can give the bad news as well in, in football and sports in general. So, you know, there's been a lot of bad stories in football this year, so it's good to see have a good one with um, women getting equal pay and and getting, you know, big, you know, stars from Australia. It's, it's especially huge for Australia to have get, um, a star signed for a big team like Chelsea and um, Sam Kerr's family's obviously got a lot of history in sports in Australia with her brother being a champion Australian footballer as well, um, mm-hmm. Aussie rules footballer uh, for the West Coast Eagles as well. And, um, you know, it's just cool to see. You know, very happy, very proud as an Australian to see, and um, she's, yeah, blazing, blazing a path. And there's a lot of other talented Australian girls that um, you know, obviously playing for Portland and other teams in the in the NWSL as well. This girl from Adelaide that's playing for Atletico Madrid at the moment, who's not wasn't even, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alex Chidiak playing for Atletico Madrid, um, who mm-hmm. are a team that pull a lot of pull a lot of support to their games too. I think it was a Barca Atletico Madrid women's game that got forty or fifty thousand there last year too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool, cool to see. Support your, support right. your women's footy. Um, particularly if you're in Australia, you're up to sport with the rights to the Women's Premier League now too, so I'm getting all the games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Which has a lot of Americans in it because it's the off-season now. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all good. All righty. Oh, well, we'll wrap this one up. Good stuff. I'm sure we'll find more. There'll be um, more to come next week. Uh, as we've said, <laughs> every week we wonder what sports Unfortunately, are. yeah. Yeah, what sports stories will come up. And um, yeah, no, every week it's just it's the gift that keeps on giving us sports. So we love it. So until next week, we'll be Stan Sports Gasmic. I like this Australian football, man. <laughs> it's just a great organization. They're getting equal pay for their women. That's great, man. You just love to see it, man. <laughs>